Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and good evening. Thank you for tuning in for another episode for Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Arthenius Jackson, with One Touch Transformation, and you have tuned in into the 1,307th episode. Yes, you have heard that correctly, 1,307th episode. That means that some great things have been shared online through this great ministry and this great platform. 1,306 times a tonight you are in a treat because you get to hear the 1,307th episode, and I pray that something that is said that you are, you know, blessed by it, or maybe it can be some help for you or someone that you care about, someone that you love, because what I love about this platform and this ministry is that it is a collective of many different ministries, and it's not your typical or your every weekend sermon that you may hear. These are some things that, that can be applied to your practical life and just life in, in general, everyday life things that we may endure but we may not talk about, you know, in church settings. And so I am so grateful to be a part of this platform along with One Touch Transformation, because with One Touch Transformation, we are all about spreading the awareness of sexual abuse. And we all know that this is a topic that is not discussed in the church. I mean, let's be honest. It's not discussed in our homes. It's not discussed in our communities. And it's certainly not discussed in our churches. At least it's not discussed enough. Maybe, you know, maybe you do talk about it in your home church. I don't know. But overall, we can probably say that it is not a conversation that is held enough in our churches, and especially like in our, in our black communities and our black churches. Why is it such a taboo topic? And I want to tell you why, because so many people have endured it, and a lot of people who were on the other side, such as the perpetrators or the actual abusers, they are or have been the leaders. And so that's my theory of why it hasn't been talked about enough, because a lot of times it was the leaders who was doing the abusing or leaders in the church who have been doing the abusing. And so that's why it's so important for you and I to advocate and to have these conversations in our homes, in our communities, and most certainly in our church. So we are grateful for this platform because this enabled us to have this type of discussion on a faith-based platform because it is very much needed. So I started One Touch Transformation simply off of my story, and um, I'll go more into details about that later because it's going to tie in with our topic for tonight. So I started One Touch Transformation simply off of my story of surviving childhood sexual abuse. And so our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors. So we are here to advocate for all victims and survivors, to let them know that we are a voice for you. Until you find your voice, we are... We are here for you. You are not alone, and we're here to encourage you and also empower you to let you know that you can get through it. You're not the only one going through this situation, and there are so many who have overcome. There are so many who have found their voice, who have found healing, who have been able to just come out on top and not just survive but to thrive and to live an abundant life because God doesn't want us to, you know, just, stay in that place where we are or where we were. He didn't want us to stay, you know, broken and tainted or, you know, feeling tainted and broken and, you know, just disgusted and down. He doesn't want you to stay there. He says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief wants us to stay in that place. Satan wants you to stay where you are. He wants you to feel broken. He wants you to feel like there's no healing available for you. He wants you to feel like God has forgotten about you, but he hasn't because he tells us that's what the thief comes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your life, destroy the, your spirit, kill your spirit, and make you think that God has forgotten about you. But guess what? God has not forgotten about you since I come, that you might have life and have it 
more abundantly. So God wants you to live a life of abundance, a life of healing, a life of freedom, full of joy. And, you know, and not to say that you're going to forget what happened because we never forget what happened, but what we do, God allows us to live with our purpose without allowing our past and without allowing abuse to dictate who we are, where he's going to take us. Our past will not dictate our destiny. And that's what it means when he says, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so one touch transformation, not only are we spreading the awareness of sexual abuse, because we do want people to know that it does exist. It is happening. Just because we don't talk about it does not mean that it's not happening. So one touch transformation, we are going to continue to have the conversation. But while we are raising awareness, at the same time, we want to show that healing is available, that you can overcome, that you can become empowered, and that you can share your story to help the next person. Because your story is so important. Your story matters. You may not share your story with the entire world. You may not share it on a large platform, but someone, someone is assigned to hear your story. There is at least one particular person that God has assigned to you so that they can see what God has done for you, so that they can see, oh, she endured abuse. She went through this. She went through all of that, and she still was able to overcome she was still able to accomplish everything that she set her mind to. Yes, that is why it's so important for you to, to share your story. It is important for you to, to speak up to at least someone, someone that you confide in, someone that you can trust, because I promise you, you are not alone. You are not alone. And so that is what One Touch Transformation is all about. And like I said, we are so grateful that we're able to share all of this great information, the awareness and empowerment on this faith-based platform because it is very much needed. And I don't know if you paid attention or even realized that ever since the pandemic has been going on, more people, or I should say more, uh, more victims, are stuck at home with their abusers. Because of, you know, the shutdowns and because of everything and everyone being stuck home, more victims are now their abusers. And it's, and it's sad because what, what are they supposed to do? How are they able to speak up if they are being, you know, monitored or being watched or being listened to in the perpetrators in the same room? So just think about that. So that's why it's so important. Like if you see something, say something. We all have a responsibility to speak up, whether you know them or not. So if you see something, please say something. So before we, you know, dive in into our topic, I would like to point out that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And um, the whole month, different organizations will be, you know, posting different things about domestic violence because that's, you know, another topic that is ignored and shut, you know, shut away, shoved under the rug. But domestic violence, again, that is happening. And one form of domestic violence is sexual abuse. So I just want to read a little bit about that. Because, like I said, all of this is going to tie in together. And this is coming from um, psychology today. It says, domestic violence occurs when a person consistently aims to control their partner through physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. And, And it's not even just partners. Because when I was going through my training with one of our local rape crisis center, it was telling us anytime it's anyone in the household, and it involves some type of physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, then it's considered domestic violence. So it doesn't necessarily have to be with the partner because it's going on in that household. So it is defined as, you know, a form of domestic violence. So we got physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. 
And as I've already stated, sexual abuse is definitely a form of domestic violence, physical or psychological, and it can affect anyone of any age, gender, race, or sexual orientation. It may include behaviors meant to scare, physically harm, or control. And while every relationship is different, domestic violence typically involves an unequal power dynamic in which one partner tries to assert control over the other in a variety of ways. Insults, threats, emotional abuse, sexual coercion, all constitute domestic violence. And get this, some perpetrators may use children, pets, or other family members as emotional leverage to get their victim to do what they want. So then victims of domestic violence experience diminished self-worth, anxiety, depression, and a general sense of helplessness that can take time and often professional help to overcome. So I don't know if you've ever met anyone who was involved? Who was involved in a domestic violence relationship? So horrible! It, it's it's sad. It breaks your heart when you hear the stories of what you know individuals go through when they're involved in a relationship such as that. And it like it, it breaks your heart to even think that someone can treat an individual like that. And we know it is definitely you know a mental sickness. There's no other way to define it. No other way. But as you're going through, or as we're all going through the month of October, I want you to really just think about these victims who live with this every day, and you will never know it because they become so timid and feel like their self-worth, as it say, is diminished, and so they feel like whatever they have to say or whatever they try to say or whenever they try to speak up to say something, it won't matter. And so they go on day after day, month after month, year after year, stuck in this relationship. And a lot of people, they're always like, well, why didn't they just leave? Because it is not that simple. It is not that simple. If you have never been in that predicament, then don't question why a victim stays. It is not that simple. And I know it's one of those popular questions that people want to ask, but that's one of the worst questions to ask a victim, why did you stay so long or why won't you leave? Instead of asking those questions, ask how can I help you, what can I do to help you, especially if you have someone who is in that situation, who is stuck or feel like they are stuck. Contact the local resources or find out what are the local resources for men or women because, I mean, we know that it happens to men, but something that is not discussed, and a lot of times men do not speak up, but if you do have an individual, whether it's male or female, that comes to you and tell you that they are stuck in that situation, find out the closest place that they can go for a shelter or whatever the local center is. They are set up in almost every area. And so just let them know, you know, what can I do to help you? Because there are so many who are still stuck in those relationships. And even right now during this pandemic, some of them are stuck in the house with their spouse or with their partner. And they're being beaten. They're being abused day after day. And they have no way out. So while we're going through this month of October, I want you to really think about even the people that you interact with. Do you really know them? Do you really know if they're hiding this pain or if they're hiding the abuse that's going on? We may see, you know, certain things in movies or or TV shows where we see that the the women who are being abused at home and they wear the shades. Like I, I'm not sure. Not 100%. I'm not going to say 100% that I'm sure that it's that visible because a lot of times it is not visible because they will hurt their partner or their spouse mentally, emotionally, and psychologically, and you will never see any physical evidence. But at the same time, they are still being abused. That is still considered abuse. So many people go from day to day hiding so much pain and so much hurt, and and you'll never know it. You'll never see it because all pain is not visible. 
all pain is not visible. And so because it is not always visible, we're never able to see the hurt that they're actually going through or, or all the signs because every victim does not, we, we want them to, so we'll know how to help them or if we need to intervene and help. But a lot of times victims and then sometimes people in general, they don't show the signs that they are hurting or that they are in pain. And so a lot of times we don't think about what people may be going through internally and we're so quick to judge. We are so quick to just say anything, not knowing what that next person is going through. And now at this point I'm talking about life in general when it comes to pain and not just abuse. But the different battles that people are fighting from day to day, the things they're dealing with internally, the things that are going on in their mind that you would never know about, but yet we are so quick to just say anything and just be unkind and just rude and judgmental. And you never know. Your words, like the Bible tells us that, you know, our words have power. So you never know how much you are either hurting or helping the next person because you don't know what pain they are actually dealing with or what they're carrying. So your words, they can either hurt or help the next individual. So ask yourself, the things that I'm saying, the things that I'm doing, could it be helping someone or could it be hurting someone? We have to get to the point where we are conscious of what we actually say in our daily conversations. I know it can be someone that you have known for a long time, and just because of your your ignorant conversations or ignorant comments, it can do so much damage to the person that you say you love or the person you say that you care about. And so we always have to examine everything that we say. Can't be so quick to judge, so quick to talk, and, and so quick to say, well, if that was me, well, why she did it? Why she, no, think about what you're saying because you don't know the pain that the next person is carrying. You don't know what they are actually hiding. You don't know. And it because it's not visible, that's why we don't know. We'll, we'll never know the magnitude of someone's pain, you know, if it's something that's internal, emotional, and, and, and mental, and, and not even that, but spiritual. What about the spiritual pain that some people go all of that into, into consideration whenever we are just engaging, even with our sisters and our brothers, non-believers, believers, because just because the next person may not be proclaiming um, to be a Christian or a believer does not mean that you can speak rudely to them, does not mean that you can be so quick to judge them, does not mean that you can just talk to them any kind of way, because everyone at some point will go through a battle, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, whatever your religion is, everyone will encounter some type of battle whether it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, doesn't matter whether you're a believer, non-believer. But as believers, we must be aware of what we say, how we There's a time and place for everything because you never know the pain what one is dealing with. So 20 years of hidden pain. 20 years of hidden pain is my topic. And I chose this topic because, just inserting this in, I chose this topic because this is what I named my story, which will be released virtually with uh, other young women, amazing women, sharing their stories of overcoming trauma. The book, the book itself is called Shade No More Pain, released and set free. And so I think it was about 12 of us who submitted our stories, a portion of our stories, compiled in this one book. And I named my section 20 Years of Hidden Pain 
because it was 20 years before I vocally released my pain, you know, to my family for the first time, 20 years. And so, like I said, this book will be released virtually next Tuesday. Uh, You can pre-order your copy now for $15, and I'll give you all that information at the end. But 20 years of hidden pain. So as I was speaking earlier about those who go on from day to day, month after month, year after year, carrying in pain, but it's hidden, never know, never would have known what this person was going through, what this individual was going through. And so I can't help but think about myself. 20 years of hiding so much pain, you know, carrying it alone because I never spoke up about being molested, never said anything. So I carried it from day to day, month to month, year to year, for 20 years. And trust me, it was hidden because no one saw any signs. Every victim does not always display those those signs. Now, it may be a sign that you don't recognize, I'll say that, but it's not the typical sign that you, you know, something that you would easily notice. When I think about my my behavior and the way that I thought, the way that I saw things and the way that I, uh, I guess, felt about myself, those were all signs, but those are things that are not visible, you know? All of those aren't visible because you can't, you can't see that I feel like I'm worthless. You can't see that, you know, just from the surface you can't. And so that's what makes it hidden. So I'm, I, I've been thinking about myself as I've been talking about these 20 years of hidden pain. So I was six years old when my uncle molested me. Six years old. Think about that. Six years old. Six-year-old little girl. Um, not knowing what's going on. Um, all I know that this is this, this adult that I was supposed to trust, but he comes in, takes full advantage of me, and where do I go from there? What do I do? So at this point, there's nothing but total shock. Um, all of these questions, I mean, don't even know where to begin. Do I say something? If I say something, will I get in trouble? Or if I say something, will they believe me? Um, What do I do? I'm six years old, so why does my voice even matter? Will they hear me? Will they believe me? I'm six years old, and he was an adult. So who are they going to believe, child or the adult? So I have all of this going on in my head. And then not only that, I'm like, okay, so if I say something, then that means he's going to get in trouble, and then the family's going to be upset with me or, you know, all of this going on in my head at six years old. And so now I'm, I'm, you know, still wondering, like, okay, I'm six years old. Do I protect him because he's the, the adult? Do I make sure he doesn't get in trouble so the family won't be mad at me? Or what if my cousins stop talking to me? What if they don't believe me? I, I mean, so much going on in my head at six years old. And not only that, okay, so did this really happen? Was that supposed to happen? What was that? What was this? What was my body doing? I've never felt this before. So much in a six-year-old. So all right, so what do I do? <laughs> what does a six-year-old do? How do you just, I mean, I don't know. How do you handle it? You you, you don't. <laughs> At least I didn't. I just took it on, and I remained silent, just tried to pretend that it didn't happen. But in the back of my mind, or not even in the back of my mind, it was right in my mind, I knew that it happened. Uh, there was no erasing it. There was no escaping it. There was no, it was there. It was there. I, almost like a, well, not even a scar at that point. It was a wound. So a, a very agonizing wound. And so what do I do with this, this hidden wound? Try to patch it up myself. 
try to cover it up myself so no one knows. So I'm walking around with this, this wound, very open but hidden wound, trying to patch it up, trying to hide it so no one sees. I hide it with my smile. I hide it with laughter. I hide it with everything that I enjoy doing just so I won't have to look at it and so no one else will ever see it. So this wound is, is wide open, but at the same time it's hidden. <laughs> it's hidden. And I'm, make, I'm making sure that no one ever sees it. And, and even myself, I'm trying not to see it. Maybe if I, if I patch it up and cover it up, it'll just magically disappear, you know? Maybe if I, I pretend long enough that it didn't happen or pretend long enough that it's not there, then, I'll, hey, maybe it'll go away. But no, the, the wound, it, it was still there. It was still there. So I continue to try to patch it up and patch it up, patch it up, and, and just maybe, just maybe as time goes by, as years go by, maybe it'll heal. Maybe it'll disappear, you know? Maybe with time, you know, the whole time, with time it gets better. <laughs> but what about the hidden pain? How do you, how do you mend, not even a broken heart, but how do you mend pain that you can't even see? We know that bones, they put a cast on it so that they can mend back together. But what do you do with wounds you cannot physically mend, that you can't see, but you know that it's there, is so open yet hidden? 20 years of hidden pain. 20 years of hidden pain. So I'm going to take a pause um, just in case anyone would like to call in and share or ask a question or answer my question. What do you do with a hidden pain that is so open? The number is 319-527-6091. 319-527-6091. And maybe you're already on the line. And if you are, you can press the number one and we'll bring you on so 20 years of hidden pain, what do you do with an open wound that is yet hidden? Six years old. How am I supposed to hide <laughs> or, I should say, cover up my hidden pain? So I took it upon myself just to, you know, definition of pain. I mean, we know what pain feels like. <laughs> um, in some instances, we know what it looks like. But what is pain? What is pain? And even on the website healthline.com, they had a definition for pain. And so it starts off, it says, what is pain? And pain is a general term that describes uncomfortable sensations in the body. It stems from activation of the nervous system. So this is quite naturally, you know, natural pain. It stems from the activation of the nervous system. Pain can range from annoying to debilitating, and it can feel like a sharp, stabbing, or dull ache. Pain can also be described as throbbing, stinging, sore, pinching. Pain can be consistent, can start, and stop frequently or can appear only under some conditions. People respond to pain differently. Some people have a high tolerance for pain, while others have a low tolerance. So pain, uncomfortable sensations, you know, when it's involving the body. With natural pain, that is, I mean, that is uncomfortable. But when it is a emotional or mental, when it's that type of pain, it's still uncomfortable, no matter how you look at it, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or sexual pain, it's, it's uncomfortable. And it can still feel like a sharp stabbing or a dull ache. Even when you're not being harmed physically, but that emotional pain and that mental pain 
it can make you feel like you are being stabbed. And it can cause aches, not just heartaches, but even aches in your body. Because if you do not know everything that you deal with emotionally and mentally, it flows into your physical body. It causes all these other things to break down. This pain can be consistent or it can start the same way when it comes to our emotional and our mental state. Whenever we start feeling the pain that we felt from the very beginning of abuse or trauma or whatever it may be, sometimes it hits you out of nowhere and, and it hurts and it hurts and then there are times when, it'll, you know, it'll stop. It's like, it's like it makes some visits in your mind. And when you have those what we call triggers, something will trigger your mind to go back to that moment. And it, it does something to you, both mentally and emotionally. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, it goes away. So it can start and stop frequently or can appear, you know, um, under some conditions, which I said, those triggers. Because pain can be acute or can occur over a longer period of time. It may be related to a specific injury or issue. The pain can be related to an injury or issue, abuse, trauma. That issue, it may be chronic with ongoing sensations lasting for longer than three months. Hmm. Three months. And that's that's from physical pain, but 20 years of hidden pain. I've had an extra, extra, extra extended <laughs> amount of pain, longer than much, much, much longer than three months, and it all stems from abuse. Pain can be localized, affecting a specific area of the body, or it can be general. Abuse and trauma it affects the mind, it affects your your mentality, it, it affects your emotional state. Although inconvenient and uncomfortable, listen at this, pain can be a good thing. It lets us know when something is wrong and gives us hints about causes. Some pain is easy to diagnose and can be managed at home, but some types of pain signal serious conditions. So in this case where it says pain can be a good thing, well, it depends on how you're looking at it. Um, In my case, I'm at the point where I can actually say, the pain that I've endured has been able to help others. It's been able to show the glory of God. My story's been able to to be, you know, bring glory to God. Yeah, just bring glory to God to show what he is capable of doing and what he can do, what he will do. So everyone may not be at that point, and that is okay. You know, there are some people who have not gotten there. And no judgment there. I completely understand. So you you may still see it as being inconvenient and uncomfortable, and trust me, it is. <laughs> it is. Even after hiding it for 20 years, <laughs> it's still inconvenient and uncomfortable if I'm just being transparent. Because just like it said, there are some things that, um, you know, it's related to a specific injury or issue even after the fact, even after the 20 years of hiding it, there are still moments when I am triggered. There are still moments when I am taken back to that little girl. So I understand, you know, it being inconvenient and uncomfortable. So 20 years later, it's still <laughs> inconvenient and uncomfortable. But with the help of God, I can say what it has done you know, as it, you know, being seen as not saying that it was a good thing that it happened, but the good thing that came out of it is that I'm, a, I'm able to share the story and help others overcome, help them to believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that God can bring you out and help you to live freely. It's that it lets us know when something is wrong. And gives us hint and causes. Same time, it lets you know. Look, I am still human. I'm a believer. I love God. I have a relationship with Him. But 
that pain lets me know <laughs> that I am still human, that I will still encounter some difficult times. I will still be triggered. It is okay. So even those who are on your healing journey, I'm just being real. I'm just being transparent. Things will get better. Trust me, they will get better. But there will still be moments when you are triggered. But while you're on this healing journey, it is preparing you for those moments so you'll know how to recognize those triggers, what to do when you are triggered, when that pain hits you, when that sharp pain hits you. Because what we naturally what we do when, uh, like for me, whenever I get cramps, I pop an ibuprofen. <laughs> so I know how to handle it. I know when it's coming. So I pop an ibuprofen to help me with those cramps, to alleviate them. So the same way with those, in those mental and emotional pains, when they come back, when those triggers, when they come back, we'll know how to handle them. We'll know what to do to alleviate that pain. They don't completely go away, but you know how to handle it. You know how to take it. You know what to do. And that's the beauty of the good thing coming out of it. That's the, good, that's the beauty of it. And so um, the article also goes on to say what causes pain. So many things that we, can, <laughs> that we can just come up with that causes pain. We can sum it all up and say that life causes pain. <laughs> life causes pain, but uh, such as physical pain, you know, we have headaches, we have cramps, we have muscle strains, um, cuts, arthritis. Um, stomach aches, um, we can name countless things that causes us pain. But when we're talking about this emotional pain and this this mental pain, we know that the root of it, at, at least in my case, the root of it was the abuse. So you have the abuse itself, the disappointment, and so then you have these emotional pain and the mental pain, but it's all rooted from that abuse. The, and, and I chose disappointment as well because here I was who was supposed to be a trusted adult. So now I'm disappointed that I was hurt instead of loved, hurt, instead of taken care of, like, what happened? And so then you deal with the trust issues. You feel like you're not good enough. You feel worthless. Um, so many, so, so many things that come along with abuse. All of the effects that just fall on it. Just pain after pain after pain after pain. 20 years of hidden pain. These things that I carried for so long, for 20 years, I mean, that's a long time to to hurt, whether it's mentally or physically. It's a long time to hurt. And how do I convey the message that, you know, I'm I'm hurt. I know you can't see it, but there's this wound that's wide open, yet it's hidden. That's the thing about it. It's this wound is so it cuts so deeply, and I'm, I'm bleeding, and I'm trying to patch it up, but yet it's so hidden. I have no no visible, no cuts, no visible bruises, but right here, this wound, this wide open wound, is right here, and it's hurting me. And I'm carrying it day after day, month after month, year after year until it's 20 years. 20 years have gone by. And it wasn't until 2013 when I finally showed them my wound. I showed, I showed my family my hidden wound, allowed them to see what I patched up, allowed them to see you know, everything that I tried to cover it up with. And so 2013 was the day that my hidden wound became visible. Or was the year, yeah, that my hidden wound became visible. 
And so the same thing can happen for you. Whatever your pain is, whatever your scars may look like, whatever your wounds may be, don't be afraid to share them. I know that God tells us that he tells us to cast our care upon him, for he cares for you. And he has people in your life who care for you. They really do. And so you can do the same thing. You can reveal that hidden wound that you've been patching up for years, for years. God did some amazing things in my life. The pain that I carried for 20 years, sometimes I wonder how I did it. And I knew it was only with the help of God. Because I think about everything that I was still able to accomplish and still able to do just in life in general. Um, just being able to minister, that's one of the biggest things that I'll never understand. And, and I know it had to be God. I know it had to be God. Because there's no way that I can carry so much pain alone and still be able to minister, you know, just through praise and worship on my own. I couldn't have done it on my own. So it had to be God had to be God. And so I say to you, afraid, the first, you can share your open room or your hidden open room with God because he already knows. He already knows what you're going through. He knows why you're hurting. He knows every place where you're hurting. So don't be afraid to share it with God. He's the first person that you can share it with. And you can share it with people who you know cares for you. Someone you can confide in, someone that you can trust. Because I do not want you to walk around hiding your pain for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. So you, while you have an opportunity, I want you to do just that. Think about sharing it. Number one, share it with God, and then share it with someone who cares for you so that you can live freely. God doesn't want you to to live just bound up. He wants you to live free, to be free. Those whom the Son made free is free indeed. I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Live in freedom, live in abundance. Live in abundance, live in freedom. And there's a scripture that I want to read. It's from the story of Joseph. And we know that all the pain that Joseph endured, everything that he went through from his own household to being sold and taken to Egypt and then being accused falsely accused, thrown into the prison, and then finally becoming that prince of Egypt, and he comes face-to-face with his brother. He meets him again. And this is Genesis chapter 50, verses 20. It says, but as, oh, no, yes, but as for you, you saw evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Going to read it one more time. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So although everyone had hurt him, they planned evil against him. But God turned it around and used it for good. 
so that he could save as many people as he could. God is taking everything that you have endured, and he's going to use it for your good. So at this time, we come to a part where we can offer you salvation and just prayer, especially for those who are hurting, who are still walking around with those open yet hidden wounds. This is an opportunity where you can invite God in to not only just cleanse you and and to really come into come to Him and allow Him into your heart, but while you're seeking Him. He's able to heal that wound and get you started on your healing journey. And so if you're seeking him tonight and seeking for true healing, if you're seeking for true healing, I ask that you first start off by inviting him into your life. Let him fill your heart. Renew your mind. Everything that you've gone through, He's able to take it all and and make it brand new. I ask that you pray this prayer with me if you're seeking him tonight. Make the decision. Make the decision to invite him into your life. We'll pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We bless your name. We honor you tonight. Thank you for just who you are and all that you've done and even what you're doing right now. Father, we pray for those who are seeking salvation, those who need you to come into their hearts. God, I pray that you go into their hearts in the name of Jesus. God, we know that you're able to cleanse from all unrighteousness. So, God, I ask that you cleanse right now in the name of Jesus, creating us a clean heart and a right Spirit, oh God. God, we ask you to just remove everything that's not like you. God, clean on the inside. Transform minds in the name of Jesus. Help us to receive every part of you so that you can make our life brand new. God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross and save us from all unrighteousness, to save us from all of our sins so that we may have everlasting life. And, Father, I pray for those who are hurting, those who are still walking around with open wounds that are hidden. Father, I pray that you bring comfort and strength and joy into their lives. God, I pray that you send the right people in their lives, the right resources that would allow them to start the healing journey. God, when you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross, you said that with your stripes we are healed. And, Father, I believe that it wasn't only just for physical healing, but for the mental and emotional and spiritual healing. So, God, I speak healing over their lives in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your healing. We speak it now in the name of Jesus. Speak healing in the atmosphere in the name of Jesus. For every broken man or broken woman in the name of Jesus, we speak it, O oh God, that you will manifest your healing power in their minds, in their spirits, and in their hearts. Father, we thank you for everyone who is listening. God, we pray that you continue to watch over us, continue to strengthen us even as we go through these times. We thank you, Jesus, and we'll forever give your name all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to have our announcement for Purpose Kingdom Network in the upcoming show. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, each and every one that joined in with us this evening. We thank God and bless God for each and every one of you. We thank and bless God for Minister Arsenius Jackson and just the ministry and the love and the transparency 
that she brings to the table, how she allows God to use her as a tool of healing for others. We just thank God for her. And, you know, when you brought up Joseph, I couldn't help but to think, yeah, that's that, that's a good one to use. From mm-hmm. now on, I'm not going to be thinking about Joseph without thinking about you, somebody who turned mm-hmm. all of the situations around and and has turned it mm-hmm. around so that what they meant for evil, God will mean for good to bring about the saving of many lives. Hallelujah, God. Thank we you, bless Jesus. God for that gave their life to Christ this evening. We encourage you to find the Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trial and the tribulations of this world. Until then, Bless God, that is why Purpose Kingdom Network is here for you. Please join us tomorrow evening for another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. We will be broadcasting with um, our sister, Dominique Hudson, and The Dwelling Place, her ministry, The Dwelling Place, excuse me, our sister, Minister Dominique Hudson, and her ministry, The Dwelling Place, right here at 9 p.m. on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. We invite you to follow us on Purpose on Facebook as well as on LinkedIn at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Please feel free to email any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns, as well as the declaration of your faith to us directly at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. Again, that's PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, to pray with you, and to pray for you. Know that we love you with the love of Christ. Again, we say thank you. God bless you. Minister Arsenius, it's back in your hands. All right, thank you for those announcements. Um, as I said earlier, I was going to let you know um, more information about the book that is being released. Um, it will be released virtually next Tuesday through Kindle, but if you would like to purchase a physical copy, you can still order it um, right now up until Tuesday. Next Tuesday, there will be $15, and after Tuesday, the price will increase to $22. And so you can purchase the book at my website, arthenius.com slash books. So that's arthenius.com slash books. And so you can purchase it on the website via PayPal or Cash App. Um, so I would love for, you, love for you to purchase it, have your support, and not just for my story, but like I said, there are about 12 of us who contributed to this book It's called Shade No More Pain, Released and Set Free. I know it's going to be a blessing. I can't wait to read the other stories of the young women, but it's just amazing hearing how others have overcome trauma. And so I'm looking forward to just reading everyone's story, and I pray that it blesses you who who will purchase. So, again, if you want to purchase the book, go to the website, arthenius.com slash books, and go ahead and get your order in. Like I said, there will be $15.00 up until the following, well, Wednesday, and that's when the price goes up to $22. Um, Also, other announcements. The last time that I I think I've been on, I wasn't able to share that we were continuing the Butterfly Effect Mentoring Program. Those of you who did not know, we were meeting face-to-face before the pandemic, and so once the pandemic hit, we had to stop, of course, and we were not able to have the same interaction with the young girls. So we decided to go virtual. And so I'm excited to say that we've been able to continue the program virtually, and we meet with these young girls now every Monday and Wednesday from 6.30 to 7 p.m. And let me tell you, these girls are excited. They jump on the Zoom call before we do. And it's just so, you know, it's so amazing just to see that the impact can still be made virtually. You know, it did kind of hurt my feelings that we weren't able to meet face-to-face, but, you know, we just have to adjust and, as my dad said, be flexible. But I'm excited that we were still able to continue the program, and I'm excited that the girls are excited, and so we're still able to make an impact. And not just the, the amazing thing about it, here's the other amazing thing about it, 
because we're not able to meet face-to-face and we've done it, um, we're going virtual, we're able to impact girls from other areas than here in South Carolina. So I think the, let's see, one girl, the furthest, I think she's from Mississippi. So it, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting just knowing that the word, the encouragement, the empowerment can still spread abroad. And that's one thing that, you know, a positive thing that I can pull out of everything been, being adjusted and having to change. And so um, I'm just I'm just happy. I'm excited and just glad that we're still able to do that. I'm trying to make sure I cover all of my announcements for One Touch Transformation. We are still playing everything by ear as far as the Little Black Dress, which we normally have every first Saturday night in December. Um, if we don't have it face-to-face again, we will do at least a virtual fundraiser event because that's something that I want to continue to do. Uh, my organization has been able to provide, you know, scholarship money to the local college for the African-American Faculty and Staff Coalition, one of their scholarships. So that is something that we would like to continue. So in case we're not able to do it face-to-face, we will definitely do it virtually. But I think that's all of the announcements I have from One Touch Transformation. Um, continue to stay, um, stay in tune for everything else. I am still working on music. Um, Still don't have a release date for it because I took a little break, but I am still working on new music. So I have the new music coming out, the book that is coming out, and just really appreciate your support. <laughs> so um, you can stay updated through my Facebook page, um, Arthenius Jackson, and then the One Touch Transformation. We're also on Facebook. Our website is onett.me. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram is underscore O-N-E-T-T. Also, be sure to keep keep uh, stay up to date with the Butterfly Effect. It's actually on Facebook, too, as well, under the Butterfly Effect Mentoring Program. Um, visit my website for more information about myself, Arthenius.com, where you find everything that I'm doing. Um, trying to make sure I cover everything again. But to all of you who tune in tonight, just want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I hope that something that was said that you're able to take it away either for yourself or someone else. And two more things I want to do before I sign off. I would like to give the hotline for both domestic violence and sexual assault. So the the domestic violence hotline, that number is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233, and that is the Domestic Violence Hotline. And remember, this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Go purple all month. And the Sexual Assault Hotline, that number is 1-800-656-4673. That's 1-800-656-4673. Seven, three. And another great resource for sexual assault is the organization RAIN, R-A-I-N-N, Rape Abuse Incest National Network, and their website is RAIN.org. And you will find a lot of helpful information for both victims, survivors, and advocates, and even if you just need some stats, it's a great website that you can use for all kinds of resources. They even have an app now. I'm excited about that. I downloaded the app. So Rain does have an app. They have a private chat line. If you don't want to talk with someone over the phone, you can talk through chat. And just being transparent again, I've used it recently, and it helped. It helped. So there's nothing wrong with getting help. There's nothing wrong with talking with someone. And you can still love God and still be a believer, still be a Christian. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you have a wonderful night, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Good night. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose.